The more that you know the word of God, the more that you can discern well. Discerning of spirits is a spiritual gift and it grows as you use it. You have to have discernment to know what is of God and what is not of God. Whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in the spirit. You cannot be united with the Lord and be united with compromise. Some of you need to dust off the dust. You need to also wake up. There's some that need to wake up because there's some dullness. We are to test the spirits. We have the mind of the Lord. It's been given to us freely. Now, whether we walk in it or not is a whole nother story, but we have the mind of the Lord. And the more that we're in his word, the more discernment we get, the more understanding we get, the more spiritually in tune we become. And that's how God wants it. But not many are doing that. Discernment will grow so that you can deal with the discerning of spirits appropriately. Someone recently asked me about the peace symbol. They said, is it bad? That peace symbol? I'm referring to, by the way, I'm referring to the circle with the uh, bisecting line from top to bottom. You guys know what I'm talking about. Then it has the two shorter lines that go um, downward on each side. You guys all have seen it. I'm sure you've all seen it, right? Well, Luke 6:40 says this. A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. I'm going to read it again. A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. Discerning of spirits is a spiritual gift, church. It's a spiritual gift, and it is listed in 1 Corinthians 12. As a matter of fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and in verse 10, there is something that is referred to as discerning of spirits. One of the gifts listed in that portion of scripture is discerning of spiritual gifts. Discerning. Amen? The ability to discern in the spirit world and then detect that which is the true source. There is a true source and then there is a false source. So to know if something is of God or not and you know this by the power of the Holy Spirit. Say it's discerning of spirits. Discernment, which is somewhat different from discerning of spirits, discernment is the ability to judge well. Discernment increases the more that you know the word of God. The more that you know the word of God, the more that you can discern well. Okay? But discerning of spirits is not a natural discernment. It's not just you being able to judge good character. Are we all listening? Discerning of spirits is a spiritual gift, and it grows as you use it. Right? It grows as you use it. God gives you the gifts that he gives you. And the more that you use the gifts, the more that you, you have. The more you, you know, he will increase those gifts. So you will sense the demonic or the flesh behind what's going on when you have discerning of spirits. One of my strongest gifts is discerning of spirits. I'll be able to tell something from a long way away because it's not in the natural, it's in the spirit. And those who submit to my leadership and those who honor the offices that I walk in will also increase 
in the gifts that God has deposited on the inside of me. Do we all understand this concept? Because you will grow when you are submitted to the leader and what God has already deposited on the inside of them. And it's important that you know this. You will become stronger and stronger. It, the more that you listen and submit literally to what God has done in my life, the more you become grounded and stronger in your walk, the more that you will start walking in the gifts of discernment, in the miraculous gifts, the ability to cast out demons and literally and, and lay your hands on the sick and see them recover. When was the last time that you prayed and someone had ears open? Deaf ears open. When was the last time you prayed and someone had blind eyes that God opened? But the increase is coming to you. Because this is how it works. You submit to a leader that carries certain gifts. Then when you're fully trained under that leader, you become like that leader. I just read this scripture to you. I'm going to read it to you in the Amplified Version. Luke 6.40. It says, a student is not superior to his teacher. But everyone, say everyone, after he has, he or she has been completely trained, will be like his teacher. Completely trained. I could call some of you up by name that have been under my leadership for a long time. You're nowhere today than where you were before. You're far, far ahead. The increase of the giftings of God in your lives is very evident. The outcome of the spiritual growth and the byproduct that you see in the lives of those that you pray for is clearly evident because there's a submission and there's an honor. There are some that at one point in time understood this concept and were learning. And then ought, jealousy, Contention, strife got into some of their hearts and they hightailed it out of here. Guess who misses out when you leave because of an offense? Can God work it some way, another way? Of course he can. But will it require first a submission and a repentance on your part? If God called you there in the first place and you hightailed it out of there, you better believe it. There are some things that are not often talked about in this, in, in, from the pulpit, but they need to be. And you know me, I'm going to tell you how it is because I want you to grow. I want you to understand spiritual, spiritual um, just principles in the spirit realm and how they work so that you're not robbed from, so that you will increase in your learning. So the Bible tells us we are called to hate what is evil and cling to what is good. And this is in Romans 12, 9. Some of you are going to start prophesying and you're going to be like, wow, this is new. You're being trained up. Expect it. You're going to start prophesying and it's not coming from your flesh. It's coming from the spirit. Expect it. Don't get puffed up and prideful about it. It's a gift, and you're also being trained under it. I had to, I had to say that because I just heard the Lord say that. So the peace sign. 
in my spirit, and like I said, discerning of spirits is one of my greatest gifts. In my spirit, it is a red flag. It is a no-no. Recently, I saw a flyer of a women's conference, and it had this symbol, this peace sign, on the conference flyer. Real cute and colorful and everything. And of course, nobody, they think, oh, it's cute. No, it's not cute. It's actually not cute. You have to have discernment to know what is of God and what is not of God. So depending on how sensitive you are in the spirit will determine if there is a red flag that goes off within you. In other words, you know what I mean by red flags, right? Like there's something with it, like alarms going off, like, uh-uh, not good, not of God, don't touch it. Depending on how sensitive you are in the spirit realm will determine if you have a check regarding this or not. But I'll tell you this, if you look it up, if you look up this symbol, you'll see that it is in the new age and it's and, and, and on, on the web and it'll be listed right next to the crystals. It'll be listed right next to the unicorns. It'll be listed right next to the yin yang. It'll be listed right next to these things because the new agers know something that a lot of Christians don't. I'll tell you what, there's only peace is found in Christ. He is our Prince of Peace. Okay, that little symbol is supposed to symbolize peace, no. The peace that we have comes from Jesus. And we don't need peace from some symbol. So let's be clear. And that's what Isaiah 9, 6 says. I, Jesus says, he is the prince of peace, right? So here's the thing. If something is not bearing witness within you, don't do it. It's kind of simple. If it's not bearing witness within you, then maybe the Lord is saying to you, I have something better for you, so much higher for you to walk in. Don't touch that. Don't be a part of that. I know some of you are already thinking, but isn't that a little bit much? Well, you know what? For me and the, the calling of God on my life and the way God works in and through me and the level of discernment and spiritual giftings, you better believe I'm going to be ultra sensitive. When God says, don't touch it, I won't touch it. A walk of purity is so important and there's too much pollution, literally polluted vessels that preach to you a gospel that is not even pure. And churches just listen to it. Why? Because it's common and normal and everyone likes it and it's cute and now I have to throw away those clothes and I have to throw away the jewelry. We'll throw it away and live right. Romans 8, 16, the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. The spirit of God. I know this is a hard message. This is how I feel very strongly that we walk right, that we live right, that we say, Lord, when we say, Lord, when I say, Lord, search my heart, like I really mean it, I think you all do too. When we say, Lord, search our hearts and show us if there is something that is leading us to a position of compromise. And trust me in this, it's not going to be a very popular message. And you'll have lots of people that say, don't you think you're going a little bit overboard right now? Well, let them think that. Let them think that if they want. But I know this one thing. 
I don't know too many people that have, that have prayed and somebody has come out of a wheelchair. Come on, let the fruit just speak for itself. I'm not bragging. I know these things come from the Lord, but I do know this one thing. We must live right. Amen. We have to live pure. And I will never stand here and preach a message that's going to tickle your ears so that I get likes and people that just want to listen. I will never do that. Never. I will preach what God tells me to preach if there is one person in here listening to it. And you know that because I'm accountable to the Lord, but also it's who I am. It's literally who I am. I'm not going to be somebody that I'm not. So are we spiritually asleep? Well, a lot of the churches are, unfortunately. Does anyone discern? We, we must discern. In 1 Corinthians 6, 15 through 17, it says, Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said the two will become one flesh. But whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in the spirit. You cannot be united with the Lord and be united with compromise. You cannot be united with the Lord and be united with things that are pulling away, things that are literally idols. You know, there are so many people that look spiritually clean, but they're spiritually dead. The Bible calls them whitewashed tombs. They're clean on the outside. They look white. They look beautiful on the outside. But inside, they're full of dead man's bones. Okay, you're all being kind of quiet except for just a few of you. I'm telling you, do you not know that this is what the Word says? This is what the Word says in Matthew 23, 27. And many Christians are walking around like this, whitewashed tombs. Oh, they have the outside painted. They look good. But inwardly, they're empty. Inwardly, they lack truth. Inwardly, they're not discerning. They're dead. Jesus spoke this when he spoke to the, the, regarding the Pharisees. And if you don't think that we have Pharisees today, then I don't know what you're thinking. I don't know what. I, we need to pray for you. We need to pray that the, the disillusionment comes off of you because we have, there are Pharisees today, and they're in the church, and religious spirits are all over the place, and compromise all over the place. Well, I don't know. I just know this one thing. When God says, touch not the unclean thing and be holy like I am holy, I think he means that literally. Like we need to walk as people that are purified because the fire of God has purified us, and now we're going to live under the fire of the Holy Spirit, but in, a way, but in a way of purity. Because we care more about what he thinks than what someone else does. So in 1 John, I'm going to turn to 1 John, because the Bible tells us in 1 John to test the spirits. And as, as believers, we would be doing ourselves so much good 
if we just did what the Bible told, told us to do and test the spirits. Look at 1 John 4, starting in verse 1. And it says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit. That's half the problem right there. You know, people will go to a service, a church service, and then believe every spirit that is in front of their faces. Ha! And not even, and not even question the thing. I'm going to give you an example. I'm going to finish reading this. I'm going to give you an example right now about discerning of spirits and about being able to test the spirits and, and really understanding this gift and walking in it. You all know that I, I love for you to come up and receive prayer. We're a church that believes in prayer. We pray all the time, laying on of hands all the time, seeing people get healed all the time. But don't think for one moment that the devil doesn't also want to parade himself, come on, as an angel of light and try to deceive, right? Of course he does. And so there was an incident a while back, and people were getting prayed for, and people were getting healed. And then all the way from the back, I see somebody come up, somebody I know, and they walked up, and I knew as they were walking up, because they needed healing, and I knew as they were walking up, I looked at that individual, of whom I've prayed for many times, and I, and, but in this particular case, this night, it wasn't the Holy Spirit bringing them up. It was a demon. It was completely a demon bringing this individual up. Why? A few reasons, a few different reasons. Number one, that demon wanted attention. It wanted attention. It wanted to distract from what God was doing. God was doing a beautiful, holy move in the room. It's beautiful. It was holy. It was so holy and so beautiful as people were getting healed that someone with the gift of compassion says, you need to go up. And it's great. Sometimes you ask people to go up. Wonderful. We're not going to tell you not to do that. That's, that's great. But what I am saying is grow in your ability to discern spirits. Grow in your ability. Ask God to give you the gift of discerning of spirits. And no, are you encouraging a demon to walk up? Because that's what happened. They encouraged a demon to walk up. And as this demon walked up, and I looked at this individual, I knew exactly what was happening. And in my inner man, I was angry. We are to be angry. In your anger, just don't sin. But there is such a thing as righteous anger. There was a beautiful move of the Spirit happening. People are getting healed. People are getting saved. It was glorious. And then this demon walks up, and I knew that as this demon walked up, it was there for no other reason other than to distract, draw attention, not let the individual get healed, and then spread fear, doubt, and unbelief. Literally just put a wet blanket on what was happening in the room. I saw the whole thing as this individual is walking up. I'm like, really? I'm like, really? Hmm. Well, I'm going to call you out as this person's coming up. Because I know this one thing, you call out that demon, you have authority to call that demon out. You have authority to call that demon out, and you don't just let, let it go and act like it's not. Don't ignore it. This person comes up, 
And I, and I started calling out that demon. And I, and I literally said, I shut this thing up and I command this thing out. And that person goes down. Later on when I had a conversation, I said, you know you weren't supposed to come up. That wasn't the Lord. They said, I know. And they said, you were manipulated by a demon spirit. I said, do you know why? They said, I don't know why. Because, you know, this is what happens. It's not like they wanted this to happen. It's called manipulation. And the devil can manipulate you. Yes, you, Christians, yes. They were manipulated. And I said, you knew you weren't supposed to come up, right? Why did you do it? You know, someone encouraged me, and, and I said, never let that happen again. Unless God tells you to come up, don't let a demon manipulate you. And I said, you know why that happened? To try to literally doubt what was happening in the room. I didn't let it happen. It was trying. I didn't let it happen, but I had to work overtime. I had to work overtime to not let that come on you. I say this example because it's a perfect example about having discernment, not just discernment, but discerning of spirits. We are to test the spirits. It's quiet in here tonight. Boy, is it ever quiet in here tonight. Hey, this is a practical example so that you can grow, so that you can discern so that you can, when you discern, know what to do, how to deal with it, right? It's one thing to be able to discern. It's another thing to be able to properly handle what you're seeing. You'll learn as you just continue on to, and you just let God teach you, right? So, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see if they be true whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this, you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. We all know this. Spirit of the Antichrist, it's in the world. Verse 4 says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Thank you, Jesus. So important. They are of the world, therefore they speak as of the world. And the world hears them. But we are of God. He who knows God hears us, and he who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So the church needs to wake up because, and I say the church just collectively because there's, there's too much, you know, there, there's, there's, um, they're just asleep. They're spiritually not discerned a lot. And if you feel that might be you, you ask God, you repent. Say, Lord, I don't want, I want to walk. I've, I've been calling out that you guys are sharpshooters. I've been telling you you're, gonna, you're chain, chain breakers. 
on purpose because it's who you are. But also I know that some of you need to dust off the dust. You need to also wake up. There's some that need to wake up because there's some dullness that's happening. There's some dullness that I see that we can't tolerate, church, because we need one another. We all need one another to pray and to be alert. The Bible tells us to be sober, to be alert. Because the devil, your adversary, roams around seeking whom he may devour. We are called to be sober. We are called to be alert. Right? Yes. So how, how do we do this? How, wow, you just told a kind of a radical story there. Like, how would you have known? How, how in the world would you have known? She, poor, poor person just came up for prayer. You mean to tell me we're not supposed to have anybody come up for prayer? Absolutely not. You know that. But you have to be able to discern. Well, how do we discern? Not in your own strength. In the strength of the Holy Spirit. Because like I said, it's a gift. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I'm going to read to you 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 10 through 16. Because we're going to discern not in our own strength by the Holy Spirit. So it says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. Right there, we already know we could have stopped right there. I'm not going to stop. But that is already clearly spoken. God has revealed them to us through his spirit. We have the spirit of God that will reveal to you truth versus error. For the spirit searches all things. The Holy Spirit searches all things. Yes, even the deep things of God. He's searching your heart too. The Holy Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For what, this is for what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man, which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world. That's not, we haven't received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. You have received the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by the Lord. They've been freely given, but you must know them by the Spirit of God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. See, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. That's why you tell something like this to someone that is an, a natural man, they're not saved. They think you're nuts. They think you're just, you've gone too far. Are you in a cult? Are you in a cult? Like you're getting brainwashed. Well, what's wrong with you? Nothing. You are completely set free. And now the scales have been removed. And now you see the truth. Before you were deceived, you just didn't know it. Verse 15 Actually, verse 14, let me finish it. It says, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. You can only spiritually discern these things that I'm referring to. You must understand them by the Spirit. That's why if you're, if you're saved, you're Christian, and you're walking in the flesh, you're not going to be able to discern what I'm talking about. I asked somebody about this. I says, when you, when you see this sign, this peace sign, what happens in your spirit? Nothing. 
That's okay. It just shows discernment is not there. Is it the worst thing in the world? No, I can list a whole lot of other things that are probably far, far, far worse. But does it matter? Is that, is that how we judge things? Is that how we judge things? No, if it's bad, if it's wrong, it's just wrong. We're not gonna say, well, it's kind of wrong, but it's down here, so it's not too bad. That's called compromise. Amen. It's a mixture. Verse 16, for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Therefore, we do know the mind of the Lord. The recap of this whole thing, this whole portion of scripture that I just read to you, we have the mind of the Lord. It's been given to us freely. Now, whether we walk in it or not is a whole other story, but we have the mind of the Lord. We literally have his mind. And the more that we're in his word, the more discernment we get, the more understanding we get, the more spiritually in tune we become. And that's how God wants it. But not many are doing that. But you are, and you will, and you will continue. You know, recently I, I preached on Acts 16. Paul and Silas, they were on their way to prayer. You guys, how many of you guys were here that night? When I, when I preached to you about Paul and Silas, and they were on their way to prayer when they were confronted by a spirit of divination. Some of you were here that night, right? They were on their way to prayer when they were confronted by a spirit of divination. Did the person say, hey, I have a spirit of divination. Here I am. Absolutely not. That's not how the devil works, is he? Does he? No. But in, actual, in actuality, he, this demon spoke out of this young girl and spoke the truth, spoke the word of God. So if, you know, just because someone is quoting you a scripture and telling you the word of God doesn't necessarily mean that they're speaking from the spirit of God. Doesn't mean they're speaking from the spirit of truth at all. Amen. Satan did the same thing to Jesus when he was tempted in the, in, in the garden when, or when he was tempted for the 40 days in the wilderness. He did the same thing with the word. So remember that the enemy knows the word and he'll use it against you if you don't have discerning of spirits. You must discern the spirit behind it. And you don't do it in your flesh. You do it as you yield to the Holy Spirit. You also do it as you are under leadership that understands this principle. And you will catch so much more just because of a matter of impartation. Are we hearing? Acts 16, Paul and Silas, they're on their way to prayer. They're confronted with the spirit of divination. And I taught you that the spirit of divination is a python spirit. When you look up the word divination, it's witchcraft and python. That's what you'll find. Witchcraft and a python spirit. A python, a literal python, will literally coil around its victim and choke it to death. And that's what takes place in the spirit. There are so many deaths that happen in the spirit silently while the church is asleep. But silently people are being choked because they're afraid to speak the truth because somebody may just walk out the door. Well, if you want to walk out the door, walk out the door. No one's stopping you. But 
Those that God puts under my leadership will hear the truth. Therefore, their ears are literally becoming more and more clear, like sharpened. Because the truth sets you free. But lies deceive. And we're not here to please men. We're not people pleasers. We're not trying to go along and get along. We want to walk in truth. We want to be changed. We want to learn. We want to have our swords literally sharpened so that we can really truly do battle in the spirit. So that when we come to a worship service and we see the warfare and we discern hmm, what's going on, we don't sit back and go, well, I hope they figure it out. You jump in and you help. You jump in and you realize, wow. The Lord is doing so many incredible things that the enemy is so, he's, he's threatened, he's frightened. And you jump in here and it's, this is my battle. You make it your battle. You don't wait for somebody else to battle. And then together, collectively, God is truly raising up warriors. But you're being instructed right now. You're, you're being instructed right now to learn how to fight. You're being instructed right now to learn how to, don't just expect it to just be handed to you on a silver platter. There was a day for that. You're far beyond that. That's like always expecting milk. It's time to have the meat. It's time to eat the meat and not just look at the meat. It's time to eat the meat. And in Deuteronomy 18, and you need to know these. You need to know where these are at. Deuteronomy 18.10. It, it lists divination, again, which is witchcraft. Do you know that in Deuteronomy 18.10 it says it is forbidden? Not only does it say that it is forbidden, those that practice these things, and witchcraft, divination is listed among the list of many other things. It says it's forbidden. Not only does it say it's forbidden, but it also says that those who practice these things are an abomination. Not the actual items, not the actual things themselves, but those who practice these things. It says they're an abomination. I'm going to turn to Deuteronomy. I want to read to you because it starts. It starts in 10, but it, it goes on. So it says, there shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire or one who practices witchcraft. That word witchcraft right there means divination or a soothsayer, like a psychic or fortune teller, right? One who interprets omens or, or a sorcerer, which is magic. One who conjures spells or, or a medium or a spiritist or one who calls up the dead. For all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord. Not the actual practice. It says, for all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord. So obviously those practices are an abomination, but so are those who practice them. And it says, because of these abominations of the Lord your God, he drives them out from, from before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God. You shall be blameless. This is what the word says. Blameless, church. We shall be blameless. Listen, when you walk into Walmart and you see them selling crystal balls in the children's toy section. How many of you guys have seen that? 
we have was Christmas time. We were shopping for our kids and our grandkids. Well, we were shopping for our grandkids. We were in the toy section. And as we're shopping for our grandkids, literally, there is a box with a picture of a crystal ball and, and all these different new age symbols all around that are all included in this box so that you too can learn to be a fortune teller in the kids aisle right next to the candy lane candy cane lane game whatever it was called terrible and then there was the ouija board right there next to all the games ouija board listen there's a problem when the world tries to seduce your children, fragment them, destroy them, molest them spiritually, leave them dead so then they can go pick on somebody else. And you think I'm not going to preach a message against these different symbols? Of course I am. Is the enemy afraid to be so in your face, so blatant with crystal balls he's not afraid more and more and more out there very very much so very out there and so much of the church thinking it's just a toy it's just a game well I'm pretty sure anybody and listening to my voice doesn't think that unless it's your first time if this is your first time listening to me then maybe you think that we're gonna pray for you afterwards because that is absolutely not acceptable I'm actually very serious right now because I know that if you listen, if, you, if God has put you here, you're gleaning more than you realize. You're growing more than you know. You're being, your spiritual discernment is increasing more than you understand. You may have not put two and two together to equal four, but I'll just spell it out for you like I'm spelling it out tonight because I have to. I, I have to because the world is very, very, very... Um, yeah, and very pointed and, and very purposed to bring the deception. It's not a, oh, I don't know what happened. No, they know fully. It's an assignment. They're trying to normalize this. They try to normalize the demonic realm. So we must stand up and say no. They try to normalize this demonic realm. They want everyone to think it's just the way it is. It's normal. It's not normal. It's demonic. It's flat out demonic. So what if they call you extreme? Well, you should be thanking them. You should be thanking them. Jesus was pretty extreme. He was pretty extreme. But I'll tell you, the more that you understand spiritual principles and discerning of spirits and being able to discern that which is not of God and that which is and be able to address them when you discern them correctly, your authority grows and your ability to help someone else that is not discerning will, will be there. And not everyone has this spiritual gift and I'm aware of that. Not everyone does. Well-meaning Christians, they don't all have this gift, but I do believe that if you ask God, he doesn't withhold his gifts from us, and there is a need for it. Why wouldn't he give it to you? Because there's a need for it. 
this gift of discerning of spirits I've had my whole life, even when I was little, you know, and I was called all kinds of names, you know, um, you're a witch, uh, you're a psychic, um, just all kinds of things like that, you know. Um, you have ESP, oh, that's your intuition. No. Discernment can be like intuition. You could discern. You judge good character, you judge bad character. You could discern, hmm, I think something's happening right now between those two, and you're having, you have discernment. It grows because you're in the word, and so you have the discernment. But a discerning of spirits is a spiritual gift, and it's beyond that which you see in the natural. Now you're cutting through the levels and the realms in the spirit, and you're seeing the demon spirits that others don't see. And you are able to do something about it. You're able to be the person on the job to bind those demon spirits and to completely attack it. We were having, well, let me just, let me just make it a little more general. Um, like I'll be able to see, and some of you can too, all of a sudden you're, you're with a group of people and everything is fine, or, though it's, or so it seems fine. And then just like that, I mean just like that, spirit of rejection just entered into the room. Nothing happened. Nothing changed. But all of a sudden, you look at an individual and you see it, rejection, right there. You see the, you see the, the different mannerisms all of a sudden. You ask later on, hey, did you see that when that spirit of rejection walked in the room and what happened? No. Well, no, not at all. But God shows you, you see it. It's a blessing because you see it and you can be effective, you pray. You have to press through even though you, there, people don't want to hear it, they don't want to receive it, and you see what's happening. It's like you see the building on fire and you know that there is an extinguisher right there, but no one wants to use it. And you see the people literally just burning up and they seem to be okay with it. Does that kind of make it clear as to why sometimes it's like, oh, such a blessing. And then sometimes it's like a difficult thing, too, because what people don't understand, they minimize. People will minimize what they don't understand because they can't find a place to put it. They can't find a place to put it. Am I speaking to somebody? They can't seem to know, what do I do with that? But God has given us these gifts so that we literally can be effective in the spiritual realm. Now, discernment starts to grow in your discerning of spirits. Because now, you will be able to discern what is for right now and what isn't. So the two, the gift and then the ability to discern, work hand in hand. They work together. Because then the Lord shows you when to remain silent and pray under your breath and when to attack it no matter who's around. But discernment will grow so that you can deal with the discerning of spirits appropriately. Does that make sense for you guys?
So some will abandon the faith and follow the deceiving spirits and things that are taught by demons. 1 Timothy 4.1 in the Amplified Version says this, but the Holy Spirit explicitly and unmistakably declares that in the latter times, some, some will turn away from the faith, paying attention instead to deceitful and seductive spirits and doctrines of demons. Some will, he says, literally it says here, some will fall away. And they'll turn away. They'll fall away. And they're going to, from the faith, from the faith. Are we all reading the same scripture? They will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. That's why we have to stay spiritually strong, church. That's why if somebody says, you're too much, say thank you. Just say thank you. Stop trying to justify. Stop trying to explain yourself. You don't need to explain yourself. If you're walking right, you don't need to explain yourself. Let God deal with them. And God is the one that protects your reputation anyway. So what? Colossians 2.8. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy and human traditions rather than on Christ. So if the word is telling us, see to it, be careful. Some are going to fall away. If the word tells us this, then we know that we must pay attention because some will fall away. Matthew 10, 16 says, listen carefully. I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Matthew 24, 24. For false Christs and false prophets will appear and they will provide great signs and wonders so as to deceive, if possible, the elect God's chosen ones. So, New Agers, okay, they know the lingo, by the way. They know the lingo. If you hear the Christ spirit, let your spiritual antenna literally perk up. If you hear Christ consciousness, same thing. They're not referring to the Jesus of the Bible, guys. It is not, they are not referring to Jesus, the Jesus of the Bible. But they use the word Christ. I don't care. They're not referring to the Lord Jesus Christ. There's false Holy Spirits. There are, false, there, there are false Jesuses. It's not Jesus. It's an antichrist spirit walking around trying to act like the real thing. But it's not the real thing. And you need to know what truly is real so you can discern what's not. I told you this a while ago of, of a story of when I was, I was praying. I was someplace else. I was asked to go and pray. I was at a deliverance um, seminar and praying for individuals. And this one person kept following me. 
They kept on, just like this story, Paul and Silas, spirit of divination, following them, preaching the word, speaking the truth with the wrong spirit. This individual kept following me. I'm praying for people and their demons are flying and they're getting delivered. And, this, and I'm noticing this person's following me everywhere I go. I don't know who this person was. It was a female. I had no idea who she was, but I just know she kept following me. Right? And then she started talking to me. She tried to say something. And she was saying, oh, in the Holy Spirit. And I looked at that individual and I said, that is a false Holy Spirit. That is not God. Literally just took authority over this complete stranger that was acting, acting like a Christian. Using wording that you would think is good in God. But discernment in you, the level of discerning of spirits that you walk in will determine if you cast it out or come under it. So New Agers are strong. They're a strong force behind world peace. That's why I'm making such a big deal of this whole symbol. Strong force behind world peace. But Jesus isn't. Matthew 12, 30, Jesus says, whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. Matthew 10, 34 through 36, do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. How many of you love that scripture? It's the truth. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. He says, I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. There's so bent on well peace and the peace there is no peace without jesus christ he says i didn't come to bring peace i came to bring a sword he says for i have come to set a man against a father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and one's foes would be the members of his own household hey guys that's the truth there's the word of god for you because god says i want you to come before me holy and you're not bringing your mother or your father you're not bringing your siblings. You're not bringing your children. You're not bringing your spouse. You're coming before me by yourself. I want you, all of you, wholly, completely. He's calling us to walk holy. He's calling us to understand the realm of the spirit and how to walk in a way that doesn't compromise. To be able to discern at least as far as it is within you. For what pertains to you, you're not going to allow mixture. Does it make them bad people that are clueless and are putting out flyers for Christian conferences that have these symbols all over them and no one discerns it? At least no one I know of. No, it doesn't make them bad people at all. It just shows you the level of a lack of discerning of spirits. But we're not going to allow that. Say, Father, teach me. Increase the gift of discernment and discerning of spirits within me. Because I want to walk. I want to see these things. I want to be able to know. I want to be able to know how to deal with them when I see them. I'm not called. You're not called to be ordinary. You're not called to be ordinary. You were ordinary at one point. But God takes the ordinary and makes extraordinary out of you, right? Just like you took the water and made it wine, takes the ordinary, makes it extraordinary. But there's a calling, there's a price. Not everyone is willing to pay it, church. Yeah. 
Not everyone is willing to pay it. Some don't want to lose friends. So, some don't want to be ostracized. Some don't want to be excommunicated or they don't, want to, they don't want to not be invited. They want to still be invited to certain things that they were invited to before, but now they don't fit and they know it, but they're still trying to go down that same path. Stop. Stop. You used to be a fool for the devil. Now you're a fool for Christ. And it's a good thing. Say, it's a good thing. It's a great thing. The peace that God gives you, the, the joy, the victory, the breakthrough, doesn't even compare. How many of you guys can honestly say, you walk in so much peace today, and there were day, years before you didn't have that peace. You were looking for it. You were always looking for it. Now you walk in a level of peace. It's incredible what God has given you. He gives peace. True peace comes from a right standard of living with him because he's the prince of peace. doesn't come from anything else. And because I believe we need to keep our lives so pure and walk holy, because I know this is what the Bible teaches, to be holy as I'm holy, the increase of God's anointing, the increase of God's giftings, even tonight, the promotions that some of you received in the spirit, it's all because he sees you're sold out. He sees you want to press in for more. Amen? So, Father, I thank you for this word that you had me bring tonight. I thank you, Lord God, that as I delivered this word, Father, that ears heard it, hearts understood and received it, lives will be changed because of it, not just with what was spoken, but, Father, far, far more. Because in the realm of the Spirit, there are a lot of things that we need to be awakened to, aware of, so that we literally can discern right from wrong, truth from error, demon from flesh, and know how to walk in this so that we truly please you and we're effective for one another even. We are to be effective, effective prayer warriors discerning that which is of God and that which is not. So I thank you, Lord God. And all of God's children said, Amen. Amen.